7.09 on the morning news. Ottawa launched the CERB, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, in March to deal with the pandemic. But the government's now phasing out that program in favor of a beefed-up EI program. Here to break it all down for us is Ian Lee, Associate Professor at the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University. Good morning to you, Ian. Uh, good morning, uh, Andrew. We had the date on the calendar, September 27th, which happened to be Sunday, CERB coming to an end. We'll talk about the replacement in a second, but I want to uh, delve into, first and foremost, if you were on that program, uh, what did you have to do to continue to get benefits? What was the process? Uh, it was very minimalist, which is, I think, why they're bringing it to an end. The usual, I call it checks and balances of the unemployment insurance program, um, which has existed since 1940 mm-hmm. when Mackenzie King introduced it. Now it's been tweaked and changed and amended many times through the years, but it is strongly supported by Canadians, has been for a very long time. The CERB when they introduced it back in March, and I understand why they did it, but it fundamentally contradicted two of the principles of the unemployment um, uh, regime that we have, the unemployment insurance regime, which is, A, you have to be looking for a job. Uh, even if there's no job, you have to be looking for a job. And secondly, you don't get 100% of your income on EI. You get a subset, a percentage of your income that's less than 100. CERB um, uh, ended up paying uh, more than the 55 or 60 percent on unemployment insurance. In fact, in the fiscal snapshot, they ended up, and this is from the government's uh, tabling of data in Parliament, they ended up paying 150 percent of the total wage losses caused by COVID. So it paid not 55%, it didn't pay 100%, it paid 150%. Mm. Because some people were getting more on the CERB than they were getting, many people were getting more on the CERB than they were getting when they were working. So now as it rolls over and it's, you know, they transition people into this sort of newer version of the EI program then, how, does, how is that going to shape up for people? Will it, will it bring them back to, you know, a proper amount of money as opposed to overpaying in a way? Um, well, just before I answer that, let me just put a big picture frame on this, okay? okay. Because uh, this isn't being, I don't think, dealt well in Canada. We're still talking as if, you know, we've got millions and millions and millions of people out of work. And I'm using, I've got the StatScan screen right in front of me as I'm talking to you. The unemployment rate in August um, is down to 10.2%. Now, before pre-COVID, it was at 5 So we, there's no question there's more people out of work mm-hmm. today uh, po- uh, during COVID than before. But it's not uh, at 15 or 20 or 25 percent. So we have uh, we have to focus on those people for sure. And what they've done, they the government um, has announced that the people on CERB would be rolled over or moved over or transitioned over to the unemployment insurance system, which is prudent because that's why we created it mm-hmm. 50 or 70 or 80 years ago. And they have a, a, a bureaucracy, and I say that in the good sense of the word, of people trained and skilled to administer these claims. And there's an appeal process if you're denied and you don't think you should have been denied. So there's an entire infrastructure, if I can call it that. And, um, and it's very experienced, and it's been there a long time, and it works. What they've done, though, is they've uh, significantly expanded the parameters of EI. One of the big complaints, uh, and way before COVID, I mean, going back, oh my goodness, uh, studies by academics and think tanks and so forth going back 15, 20 years, was that it was very restrictive. Only about a little over half of the population actually qualified for EI if they lost their job. It didn't apply to gig workers. It didn't apply to workers who made less, worked less than 120 hours previously. It didn't apply to self-employed. So they're expanding the eligibility 
of EI, yet details yet to be determined because the bill hasn't been introduced to my knowledge in Parliament, and I'm watching for this, uh, but it's going to significantly expand the eligibility. The second thing it did was although they were initially saying minimum payment on EI, the new revised EI was going to be $400, um, they've increased it to 500 which was the CERB payment. So that's a significant departure because the old, the existing previous EI system said you got 55% of whatever it is you were working. When you were working, if you were making a thousand a month, fifty-five percent of a thousand is five fifty. Well, now they've gone to five hundred a week, which is two thousand a month, regardless of what you are working. So that principle seems to have been set aside. Now I don't know if it's going to be permanently set aside, or just temporary for the duration of the COVID crisis yet to be determined. But my point is very quickly. I don't want to take up all the time, but I think they're going to be most Serb recipients don't have to worry. I think they're going to be looked after. In fact, the figures from the government are 80 percent are going to be rolled over immediately with just, you know, carte blanche with no no problems. Okay. So then they'll deal with the exceptions. And, and I think most people on Serb don't have to worry. Well, I think that was the number one question, the confusion surrounding it. Where do I sign up? Am I still eligible? And I think that most Canadians, and certainly in this room, we, something we've discussed, can agree that people who, who need that money need that money. But I'm wondering, yes. are there checks and balances with this new-look EI and this transition to prevent yes. those? Because that was the number one concern about CERB. Some people who didn't need to be on CERB getting their 2000 a month. Are, are there different checks and balances to stop that from happening with this transition? Andrew, you've asked, I think, the most important question, which is why I was a critic of CERB. And I don't mean giving help to people who need help. Of course there should be. That, that Nobody, I don't think anybody, denies that. My criticism of the CERB when it was set up was that there were basically no checks and balances. Are you a Canadian? Do you have a pulse? Can you sign the application <laughs> online? And you get the check. I mean, literally, it was that loose, loosey-goosey. And, and for those who don't like even this language, may I remind everybody that the whole EI system, which we've supported huge public support by Canadians for EI has had checks and balances built into the system from the get-go. And they have professional people working there. My my brother's spouse worked there for many years in one of the EI offices, evaluating, adjudicating claims. And one of the things was you had to be looking for a job, even if you weren't, um, even if there were no jobs in a recession, just to keep you in, in the labor market, so to speak. And, and so there are checks and balances in the EI program. There, there were none really in the CERB program. So this is a good thing that they're moving CERB into the system that we've created for 70 or 80 years that is really good at addressing these very questions, whereas the CERB wasn't. It was a sort of a program without any administrators. So it looks like we will hopefully get rid of some of those people who might be uh, scamming the system slightly. And let's face it, I mean, the government put this in really quickly, didn't they? Yes. Ian, yes. you know, trying to get that money to people. And, and it's taken a little time, but now hopefully we can weed out the ones who are illegitimately taking the money. I believe so, too, not because I'm harsh, but because that's squandering scarce resources on people that don't sure. need it, which should be going to people that do need it. So yeah. everybody should be supporting uh, due diligence checks and balances to make sure that we're not squandering or wasting scarce public resources that should be going to people that need help. Wow. And uh, again, a deep topic, and uh, we're going to see how things go moving ahead, but Nice to have a vote of confidence that this uh, seems to be the right direction. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much, Andrew. Thank you.
That is Ian Lee, Associate Professor at the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University. It's 717. Time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Life happens at hellowestdistrict.com. Well, we have reports of traffic signals not working of a cloud trail and heritage drive through the southwest. We just did a flyby. It looks like they have been fixed up. You've got a nice smooth drive through the intersection, but you still keep in mind there's that ongoing bridge work just north of the intersection uh, where you've got to traffic down to two lanes in both directions and then also a bit of a bumpy drive getting across those metal plates on the road. We are seeing light volume, though, on the cloud trail all the way into the downtown core. Looks like Glenmore's off to a pretty good start through the southwest as well. Eight minutes eastbound from Sarcy Trail out towards Steer but you've also got light volume on Crow Trail. We can see that from our vantage point. Southbound lanes uh, just starting to pick up in volume approaching 24th Avenue, but we're not seeing any major delays as you continue down south towards the Bow River. Tonight's Lotto Max jackpot is $55 million plus an estimated four max millions. $55 million plus four max millions. Dream to the max with Lotto Max. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Brady Howard.